I've been getting in my steps, lifting weights, and now I'm trying really hard to get as much protein as I can. That's why I'm excited about trying Clean Simple Eats because they're just that, clean and simple. Their protein powder is always grass-fed with no seed oils or artificial ingredients. It's third-party tested and non-GMO and gluten-free. They've got 26 delicious all-natural flavors. You really can't go wrong with any of them. They've got Simply Vanilla and other unique flavors like cookies and cream, caramel toffee, and even cinnamon roll. I have a feeling my entire family may just like Clean Simple Eats protein powder, and they're probably going to use it every day because it's so easy to put into your milk or a recipe my daughter loves to bake or in a smoothie, which my son loves to drink almost every day. You can It's amazing really in any form. Visit cleansimpleeats.com and use the code ASKLISA20 at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's cleansimpleeats.com with the code ASKLISA20 for 20% off your first order. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker. You'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is Ask Lisa, a podcast to help people understand the psychology of parenting. Psychologist Dr. Lisa Demore, author of two New York Times bestselling parenting books, takes your questions. And I'm co-host Rena Ninen a journalist and mom of two. Some of what we talk about comes from raising children ourselves. Most of the time, I'll be getting answers to your parenting questions. So send your questions to AskLisa at drlisademore.com. Episode 92, I'm not ready for my kid to be in love. Help. The topic of love, young love. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that feeling when finally attracted to someone and you, yeah, it's it's like a drug. Crushes, crushes. Right? You just think about like the crushes you have. Yeah. And the things you know now at 42 that you look back at the choices yeah. you made. <laughs> and 52, Rena, nearly 52. <laughs> we got this great letter, Lisa, that I think speaks to a lot of things that people are, are wondering about when their kids fall in love. And it says, Dear Dr. Lisa, my 14-year-old stepdaughter is very, very interested in having a boyfriend. We want her to have a healthy romantic relationship eventually, but how do we know when that is? She isn't going on dates or hanging out with guys. However, we do know through her phone usage that she does a lot of texting to a few specific guys in her grade. Recently, with one specific guy, they've started texting back and forth to each other, I love you. How do we support her big feelings? while also explaining the realities of young love and lust in a way that encourages her to be safe physically and emotionally. Love the podcast and recommend it to everyone. Thanks so much for consideration. Ooh, Ooh. okay. <laughs> where where does one begin, Lisa? Where? Well, I'll tell you where I'm going to begin with this, which is the part in the letter saying she's not going on dates and she's not hanging out with guys. So for right this moment, there's no contact, so to speak, right? There's, uh -huh. no, physical. there's no physical contact. As far as we know right now, this is an emotional engagement. And I think as we help young people 
or try to help young people, because part of what's in this letter is how do you even have these conversations with kids? Yeah. As we try to help young people, we could try to sort of tease apart. There's the emotional side of one's romantic mm. life, and there's the physical side of one's romantic life. So I think we can start here. These are big feelings. So when you talk about emotion, I'm assuming there's a lot to unpack there. There is. And the first thing I want to say is anyone who's like, whoa, 14 sounds young, it's not. And when we look at the research on when kids start to have romantic activity or crushes or talk about it, it has for many decades, Rena, been around fifth grade. Wow, really? The fifth grade's when that conversation starts. And I actually have a memory of being in fifth grade and there being sort of back and forth about this kid I had a crush on. And we didn't do anything about it, but there was discussion of it. Mm. Why, so why fifth grade? This, you know, I don't really know. I don't really know. But I think it's important for us to just start with that baseline that I think so many baselines feel really wonky after the pandemic. Like we can't tell if kids are on time or doing things prematurely or if they're delayed. You know, a 14-year-old girl or boy who is really into the idea of a romantic life and really wants to be in love and is mm -hmm. texting and sharing deep feelings, that is totally right on time developmentally, even if for the parent it's like, whoa, this feels, yeah. <laughs> this feels like a lot. And certainly the words, I love you, feel pretty intense. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're older and you've had some experience and you know it might be puppy love, but to them, this is the love of their life that they've found. And maybe it is. How do you deal with that without being dismissive? And then also, how do you not freak out that they're going to be alone together and things are going to happen? Ooh, okay. Great questions. Okay. So starting with the puppy love idea, I think it is really important what you just said to honor how much this means to kids. And even if we're like, yeah, this is going to last five more minutes, even if we believe that, being dismissive of it, seeming to minimize it isn't nice and isn't necessary. And I'll give you another example that is even more dismissible but shouldn't be. Um, boy bands. You know okay. how it is very, very common for especially young girls to have like rip roaring crushes on entire boy bands or particular boy band members. Yeah. There's a lot of like in, you know, so trying out one's romantic self, you know, daydreaming about a love life. There's a lot of energy that goes into that. And for a lot of girls, especially those sort of boy band fantasies can tide them over for years. And so Interesting. they do important work. And of course, if you listen to the lyrics of boy band songs, they are so aware of how to market exactly <laughs> to that demographic. But boy bands get it, like that there's love that is looking for a location. Mm. And so I just, I want us to be gentle and kind about the fact that this is where kids are, both, you know, kids of all genders get this way. And, and we want to honor it. And what's so gorgeous in this letter is that the writer says, I want to support a healthy love life. You know, mm. the letter writer isn't saying, how do I stop this? Right. Yeah. So want to, be to your question, right, of like, how do we support this? We can start to say, how is this per person treating you? Do you feel good around them? Like, are they you know, bringing out the best in you? Do they respect and honor you? You know, you can ask those questions. You will get eye rolls and that is okay. Wait a minute. No one has ever said, how is this person treating you? It's that feeling you get and you want more of that feeling. But 
you're saying tell them to sort of look at how they're being treated by this person. And I understand why that would be important, but how do you get that through to them amidst the eye rolling? So you have to find your openings for sure, right? And it sounds like this parent is looking at this kid's texts. And let's presume that the kid is well aware of this. You know, we've talked about this on other podcasts. Like, if you're looking, they should know. Yeah. So one way the adult in this might walk up to it is to say, hey, I was checking your texts, and it seems like things are getting pretty intense with that kid you're texting with. I saw that you guys are talking about being in love. How's that feeling for you? Mm. Is that is that what you want? Is that feeling, you know, like what you had in mind with this person. Oh my gosh, this is so, so uncomfortable. I, I don't know that I could do this. <laughs> I don't think I can ever do this. Yeah. And it's also clear from, you know, this person may have a lot more information from the context of the text that like very much it's what the person had in mind. And so then maybe if that's the way they want to go, they could say something like, you know, this is really exciting. It's so fun to feel wanted. It's so fun to find somebody you really connect with. I'm going to say this, you know this already, but I'm still going to say it. You should start your love life with the highest standards for how mm. people treat you, and you should never lower your standards. Wow, that's a good that's a good conversation to have. So, I guess I'm hearing from you first. Validate their feelings, why they're feeling good and liking being with this person, and then bring in the, hey, keep the standards up. Here's here's what you need to, to keep in mind, and you think that that might be more palatable. I think that's right. You know that. You know, and you could even say, I can see from the text chain that this person's talking to you in a really kind way and they like and respect you. I love that, right? I mean, if you see good things, comment on them. Um, the same parent may say things that they don't feel good about and say, you know, honey, I love you so much. And I got to tell you, I didn't like the way he spoke to you that day. And I'm just going to put that right there and you should know that. Mm. So there's an interesting thing happening here with the parent being able to see the texts because they can, in many ways, eavesdrop on what's happening here. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure that's ideal, to be honest. I think that, you know, when we think back to our love lives and our early flirting and texting and note passing, yeah, we did all of this away from adults, and there's something to be said for that, too. So when, like, I don't know that I would talk about their texts with them because it does feel intrusive. It does. Okay. So if the parent wants to go the other direction, which is to have noted this information by text and think, okay, this is getting pretty intense, what they might wait for is for the girl to say, hey, can you drop me off at the mall to hang out with this kid? Mm. Right? They might wait to say anything until it moves from the realm of the digital and discussion that <laughs> has no physical contact into the realm of maybe being together in person. Mm. Because, you know, setting aside the possibility of sending inappropriate photos or things like that, text flirting theoretically is a pretty safe thing to do, mm -hmm. right? I mean, mm -hmm. that's a pretty um, low-risk way for kids to start to flex their romantic muscles. Mm. So don't freak out. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, Lisa, on the other side of this break, you've talked a little bit about the emotional side. I want to talk about what you need to, the conversation you need to have about physical love and attraction. Uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Ask Lisa podcast. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. 
We spend a lot of time teaching our kids please and thank you. But one thing I've realized I haven't spent a lot of time teaching my children is how to be financially responsible. We started using the Greenlight app and it's made a difference in helping them have that conversation about money and to really understand how it can affect their lives. Greenlight's a debit card and a money app that's made for families. I can send money to my kids, keep an eye on their spending and their savings. I didn't think I would need this app, but my kids are absolutely loving it and they're getting the concept of what it means to save. I love the lessons they're learning. I love the games they're playing. I love that they are being educated at a younger age that you need to learn how to save. Sign up for the Greenlight app today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash asklisa. That's greenlight.com slash asklisa to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash asklisa. I'm all for healthy habits, but I don't trust quick fixes. This is why I love Daily Harvest. They take all of the work out of eating well, and all I have to do is enjoy. Daily Harvest makes it so easy for me to eat in the nutritious and delicious ways that I like. They take the planning, the prep, the cleanup out of cooking, and they deliver meals that are packed with vegetables and fruits straight to my door. The other thing I love about them is that it's not the same old boring meals. I love their dragon fruit and lime smoothie. I also love their butternut squash and rosemary soup. They also have this wonderful herb squash and asparagus risotto. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com slash asklisa to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com slash asklisa for $30 off your first box and free shipping. dailyharvest.com slash asklisa. EarthBreeze EcoSheets look just like a dryer sheet, but instead of being a dryer sheet, they're in fact an ultra-concentrated liquidless laundry detergent. It's really the best of all worlds. EarthBreeze is tough on stains and odors while being kind to the planet and to your skin. Personally, I get a huge kick out of using EarthBreeze. I love the fact that it takes up less space, is better for the environment, and yet it leaves my clothes smelling so good and it gets them so clean. Here's the bottom line. Making a positive impact in the world doesn't have to come at a cost to you. My clothes are clean, they smell great, and I feel like I actually did something good, not just for my laundry, but also for the earth. Right now, my listeners can receive 40% off EarthBreeze just by going to earthbreeze.com slash asklisa. That's earthbreeze.com slash asklisa to cut out single-use plastic in your laundry room and claim 40% off your subscription. earthbreeze.com slash asklisa. Welcome back. You're listening to Ask Lisa, The Psychology of Parenting. We are talking about young love, and we were going through sort of the emotional component of it all, and we want to get into the physical side of it all, Lisa. What do parents need to know and keep in mind? Because, I mean, bottom line, nobody wants anyone to get pregnant at this point. Um, How do you have these conversations? What is important to really talk to them about? Well, let's say the kid does say, hey, you know, um, my friend, we'll name him Tony. (laughs) (laughs) Um, my friend Tony wants to hang out at the mall would you mind dropping us off you know his his dad is going to drop him off would you mind dropping me off so we can hang out at the mall for a little while so now you're into the possibility of something really happening that is not just a conversation and of course there's a million versions of that like it could be a party it could be you know any variety of things so here the parent may want to take the opportunity 
to do what the letter writer is saying, which is to try to offer some guidance about what a healthy romantic life looks like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the way I like for us to do this with kids of any gender is to say, you know, when it comes to the physical side of your romantic life, the first question you really want to try to tune into is, what do you want to have happen? Start with your own wishes and desires. You'll think next about what the other person wants, but first I want you to tune into what you want. Okay, that will get you to the mall. I rolls all the way. Your kid may throw themselves from the moving car while, <laughs> while you're saying this. That is okay. You just want, not the throwing themselves from the moving car, (laughs) but it is okay if you just start with those words and that's as far as you get before it's clear your kid cannot tolerate another second of it. That is pretty typical of these conversations. You know, this is not one big birds and bees spiel that does not work. This is slow. I call it SWAT team interactions. You're Mm. in, you're out. Mm. And so start there. I love that SWAT team interactions in and out. That that this is totally that type of conversation. When you talk about this sort of conversation about physical, how realistic do you think it really is for parents to even be approaching kids about this? Right, they're at this age; they don't want to hear anything from you, let alone about their romantic lives. Well, here's the thing, Rena: they look like they don't want to hear anything from you about their romantic lives. But what we know from the research and actually from what kids tell us is they take very seriously what their parents say if their parents say it in a inviting, kind, hmm. I want the best for you way. Now, they cannot in the moment, it would be so weird in the moment if the kid were like, I am so glad you brought this up, right? I'm so glad you mentioned that my desire should sit at the center of my romantic life. <laughs> like no kid's going to say that. But it is worth saying but the way you're most likely to hear about it, though, Rena, is when they talk about other kids and other kids' romantic lives. So the chances of you having a deep conversation about your kid's love life are very low, depending on the house you're in. But I will tell you, some of the best conversations I've ever had, actually, with either of my daughters is when they bring up something that's happening with somebody else's boyfriend or girlfriend or somebody else who has a crush or somebody else who got dumped. And there, you can drop all sorts of wisdom in a way that kids can tolerate. Wow. So give me an example of how you hear this coming up in different ways that can be an example for you to pass on to your kids. So say you're driving along and your teenager's like, oh, man, like I have this classmate and she's terrific, but man, she is with a lot of different guys. And, you know... There's just a lot going on. And, and, you know, it sort of puts it out there in that way. And sometimes kids will do this. So you have to squelch your first impulse, which may be like, what? What's she doing? Why is she doing all that? If that is your first impulse. And really take that as an opening. So the kinds of things that one could say in that moment is, huh, I wonder if that's what she really wants. Uh I wonder if she's getting from that what is working for her. Or is it just working for the guys in that story? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, those kinds of questions. And you may be done already. Your kid may be like, all right, new topic. Like, I forget I brought that up. Um, But I also know that when kids are putting out information to us about what's going on in other kids' love lives, they usually are asking a question or they usually are getting a reality check. And so if a parent's not sure what to do in those moments, 
the very best thing, you're never going to mess up if you say this, huh, what do you think about that? Oh, that's a good line. That's the line. That's the line. Because usually then the kid will start to spin it out a little bit more and you'll learn more about where your kid's at. And you may need to just end that by saying, you know what? I totally agree with you or, huh, well, let me tell you at 52, I see that a little (laughs) differently. Do you want to hear how I see it? But I will tell you, Rena, dollars to donuts, the better conversations you're going to have about love lives are when kids are talking about their peers or if you're like watching, um, there's a lot of romantic stuff the kids like to watch, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. um, a lot of movies. Um, what was the one that was like really huge over the last few years? To all the boys I've loved before. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, great series. And those yeah. are, they are great. They're totally fun to watch. And if your kid is watching them, you should totally watch them with them. But the thing that's really tricky about those, they're very idealized romantic. Mm. You know, like they're very like dreamy and Instagrammable and beautiful. And, you know, it's it's a little bit of a setup, I think, yeah, in terms yeah. of like what really goes down, which is a conversation you can have to say, oh, man, this is great. This is like Hollywood version. What's it like really at school? Like yeah. what's happening really between mm. kids at school? Mm. I love that line. What do you think about that? Because I, as a parent, would just be passing judgment on that kid. <laughs> Pre-Lisa, not having Lisa in my life, I would just be like, oh, that's crazy. What would they think? But you're right. You'd probably get more more by asking that one question. I want to ask you also, you know, as parents, you know, we all bring our own baggage to all these different issues, whether, you know, that we talk about. But in this particular issue of love, if you have had a failed marriage, if you have been on a string of dates and they haven't turned out well, or, you know, things just haven't gone the right way, how do you make sure that your baggage or your viewpoint of love doesn't get passed down? I guess, how do you clear the slate to really better equip your kid to have successful romantic love relationships? Ah, uh, such a good question. Let me I'm gonna frame it back to you a little bit more positively, which is how do you take all of your hard in hard earned wisdom <laughs> and try to pass it on to your kid? Right. <laughs> I mean, so much of parenting is like, oh kid, I do not want you to make the same mistakes yes. I made. Like, can I please yes. give you advice so that you don't have to make the same mistakes I made? Yeah. Okay, so let's say that that's, I think that's what you're getting at, right? Like that idea of like we want them to not repeat errors that do not need to be repeated. Um, Okay, so that's the wonderful wish. One rule that we should basically live by is kids really don't want to hear about their parents' love lives. (laughs) I mean, they they really don't. I think there are a lot of kids who, you know, that is the last, like, they would talk about almost anything else before they talked about the idea of their parent, like, kissing somebody, much less anything further. So if you go down that road, the chance that your kid is just trying to get out of the conversation as fast as absolutely possible is really, really high. So what I would say instead is, can you distill your wisdom a little bit? Can you make it a little bit more generic? So say that um, you have a kid who's like, I can't tell what's going on. Like this person's giving me mixed signals. You know, I don't, I don't know what to make of it. And like, I feel a little jerked around. Like say they bring that to you, which would be fortunate. Or they talk about a friend having that experience maybe. So if you could say something back like, yeah, you know, one thing I have learned in my many decades is... If you can't tell how somebody feels about you, it might be because they're still trying to figure it out themselves. Ah, that's good. Right? So there's like good advice in there, but like the kid doesn't have to picture their parent being a romantic person. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> which like so they don't want a picture. That's so good. Yeah. Just going back to, you've, you've made so many great points. So just to kind of to recap here, when you're talking about the emotional component of love and, and wanting to get your kid to see that, what really matters? I think what really matters is that we appreciate that you can't have all the highs of a crush without exposing yourself to the lows of getting your heart broken. Mm. Right? You can't have the highs of just that really special feeling of belonging to somebody as their, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend without opening the door to being hurt. And as parents, the one thing we don't want is for our kids to be in pain. Like we just don't. And so I think what comes through so clearly in this beautiful letter is this parent is like, oh, my kid's having the good side of this right now, but I know all of the ways this can really be painful. And is there anything I can do about that? And the truth is, on the emotional side, probably not, right? Our kids are going to get their hearts broken. And our job is to support them and to be really validating of that experience while at the same time saying to them, you're going to be okay. This isn't going to be your last romance but I know this hurts a lot right now. Like, that's what we can do. But then there's the physical stuff where there also things can definitely go wrong. So we go back to that idea of, first, we want kids to really think about what it is they want to be doing and, and give them a right to want things, but also to a right to center on what they want and not just do things because somebody else wants it. If you can come back to that conversation for a second try, you know, and again, these are going to be quick SWAT team conversations, you might say, after you know what you want, your job is to figure out what the other person wants, right? Mm. And Or you talk about that about other kids, you know, oh, that may be what she wants, but what does her partner want, right? Talk about it in that way. And then say, the best romance, the way it should go down is that both people are paying attention to what the other person wants, and that's the only thing that's happening in that mm. interaction. Mm. So lessons in love. I love this from Dr. Lisa Demore. This this is so <laughs> valuable. I what do you do, Lisa, when because you know what happens eventually that they get their heart broken, which is part of life. But like you said, we're all we're good parents. We want to sort of shield them from the pain, but this is part of the process, right? It is part of the process. And what I want us to remember is you can't feel real joy if you can't also feel real pain. Like you don't mm. get to pick and choose here. Like that the emotional range that we feel is the highs are only as high as the lows are low. Mm. And and I think it's scary when kids are in a lot of pain and they don't have good perspective. And that's what we can bring to the table is that we do have perspective. And what we want to think about is knowing that we can't prevent their hearts getting broken and then instead putting our attention on preventing other outcomes that we do worry about. Like you said, things like pregnancies or STDs or you know non-consensual interactions. I think it's worth actually almost separating those conversations, not having every conversation about a love life turn into a conversation about how not to get pregnant or an STD. I think that that sort of takes the fun out of it. So another way we can go at this is to really enjoy conversations with kids when they're talking about their friends having boyfriends and girlfriends or the people they like and 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 not, for lack of a better word, sort of indulge those, celebrate those. And then also at a different time saying, how does she know she's not going to get pregnant in that relationship? Mm. Or are you sure they're keeping themselves safe? Are you mm. sure they're not doing anything they're going to really regret? Mm. And of course, your kid will roll their eyes. That is okay. But you also might get an answer. Mm. Wow. 
topics I'm not ready for, but I'm sure glad we are talking about this because it comes sooner than most people think. <laughs> it sure does. And no one's ready. No, no one's, one's ready, ready for it when it happens. It's good to know. And little did I know, from fifth grade to seventh grade, new kids on the block carried me. Yep. Yep. <laughs> they, were, they were your boyfriend. All they of them. were my boyfriend. Who knew? So what do you have for us, Lisa, for parenting to go? I want to underscore something from the letter that is really right in there, which is entering the romantic world is a normal part of healthy development, and we don't want to forget it. I think, you know, when kids start talking about love lives and crushes and dating and saying I love you by text, it is frightening to parents because, like you said, Rena, it's a lot more complicated than they realize. But if we face this as a normal, healthy part of their development and encourage the healthy, wonderful sides of this, we are pointing our kids in the right direction. And that's all we ever really want to do is get them to the right direction. Exactly. So next week, we're going to talk about whether you should monitor your kids' grades online. Mm, This is a tricky one, Rena. So I'll see you next week. I'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the Ask Lisa podcast so you get the episodes just as soon as they drop. And send us your questions to asklisa at drlisademore.com. And now a word from our lawyers. The advice provided on this podcast does not constitute or serve as a substitute for professional psychological treatment, therapy, or other types of professional advice or intervention. If you have concerns about your child's well-being, consult a physician or mental health professional. If you're looking for additional resources, check out Lisa's website at drlisademore.com. We'll see you next week.